Hola and a warm welcome to When in Spain, episode number 14. I'm Paul Birch. Thank you for joining me. Apologies for this episode coming to you a day or two late. I've come down with a horrible cold, uh, feeling a bit better today, but uh, I've been very croaky and uh, so for that reason... I haven't uh, got the episode out sooner, but I'm feeling better. So here we are, episode 14. Thank you for listening. Uh, last week, I talked about buying beer. Uh, in this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about shops and shopping in Spain, opening hours, the practicalities of going about your day-to-day purchases uh, in Spain. Up until episode number 20, I'm going to keep episodes fairly light. Um, so more episodes of practical advice how-to guides, some observations and bits and pieces like that. From episode 20 onwards, I will be getting into the more meatier, weightier topics of politics, society, work, the many problems that uh, Spain faces, and I will be enlisting the help of uh, my Spanish friends to do so. But in case you were wondering what to expect for the next few episodes up till about episode 20 it's going to be more of the same more practical observations day-to-day advice that kind of thing anyway shops and shopping well i touched on this before if you go back to one of the earlier episodes where i was doing a little walk around uh, my neighborhood of la latina i talked uh, a bit about local small businesses independent shops and how they still seem to be uh, surviving and thriving here in Spain, which is, uh, for me, something in the UK which seems to have really uh, disappeared at least sort of 20, 30 years ago. But the small independent business, the small independent retailers in Spain, regardless of whether you are in a small town or village or even if you're in one of the bigger cities uh, Uh, like Madrid, um, still seem to survive in all of the central locations, central neighbourhoods. You will find independent, family-run bakeries, greengrocers, fishmongers, butchers, cake shops, ironmongers, cosmetic stores, all of these kinds of things still going strong despite the encroachment of the big supermarket chains, which of course there are uh, many, many, many in Madrid, uh, as you would expect to find in any other international city, and not just in Madrid, in all Spanish cities, um, there are about four or five chains of uh, large supermarkets, which you will find everywhere. But it seems to me, as I uh, mentioned before, that Spanish people, or certainly maybe the older generations of of Spaniards are very loyal to the uh, local family-run businesses that you find in the neighbourhoods. Um, that's not to say that many of them are closing down. Uh, I've certainly noticed in, uh, in my local neighbourhood, in La Latina, Lavapiés, and in other parts of uh, the capital as well. Gradually, they do seem to be disappearing as owners um, retire. The children of the owners are reluctant to take on the family business. Uh, they want to do something, uh, something else, or maybe um, they've studied and had a university education and uh, want to pursue a, a different career. I was talking uh, about this to uh, a bar owner in El Mercado de San Fernando uh, last episode. He was saying he, it was completely understandable how lots of these small local family-run businesses were closing because there was nobody left to take over the reins once the current owners had retired. 
But even so, as I said, um, compared to the UK and compared to many other countries I've been to, uh, it's very refreshing to see in Spain that the local business seems to be surviving at least. As I talk to you now, I'm walking through a neighborhood in the very center of Madrid. It was the uh, neighborhood where I first lived when I, when I moved here. And it's called uh, Huertas or Las Letras, which is Madrid's literary quarter, home to the house where Cervantes was born and grew up. And you will walk around the narrow streets. It's a very pretty neighborhood. And there are quotations from many of uh, Spain's uh, literary greats uh, written in brass and set into the uh, into the pavements but it's a very pretty neighborhood it's very touristy because of its location lots of hotels lots of hostels and the everyday shops are gradually giving way to more expensive boutiques uh, more touristy shops and that kind of thing anyway shopping in spain one thing i've noticed with the smaller family-run businesses in spain is that they cater for one product and one product only this is very common whereas back in the uk you can go into a grocery store and you can buy medicines uh, you could buy food you could buy tobacco you could buy newspapers you could buy uh, fresh fruit groceries everything under one roof uh, a bit like a supermarket But here in Spain, it's a little bit more, well, not complicated, a bit more old-fashioned, I guess. If you want to go and buy fruit, you go to a fruteria, and they will only do fruit. If you want to buy a washing detergent, you will go to a perfumeria, which is a, a perfume shop, but it also stocks things like bleach and cleaning fluids and that kind of thing. And they will have these amazing displays of very mundane products in their windows about beautifully laid out so as i've been walking around today i've been making a, a note of all of the types of uh, small independent shops that you see and the kind of products they sell and usually the name of the shop which will be very obviously displayed is related to the name of the product they sell there are many of these and i've compiled a sort of a to z list of them so that if you're moving here for the first time and maybe you're not too hot on your shopping vocabulary you'll be able to decipher and work out uh, what they sell without having to go into the shop now most shops uh, are named after the product they sell plus a suffix of eria eria so for example let's start with una boccata una boccata is a bit like a baguette, a filled baguette or a sandwich, una boccata. So a shop that sells boccatas is called a boccateria. A sandwich shop, a cafe, a coffee, un café, uh, would be fairly obvious, really, a cafeteria. A butcher's, so normally selling uh, red meat only, uh, of which there are many still scattered around just about every neighborhood in any town, city, Uh, in Spain, the Spanish word for meat is carne, la carne. And the name for a butcher's is carniceria. Carniceria is a butcher's shop. In some parts of Spain, you will also see them referred to as uh, casquerias, casquerias, which is quite common to see in Madrid. So una casqueria or una carniceria would be a butcher's shop. Another obvious one, I talked about beer last week. Well, most places that sell beer will be called bar, Pedro, bar, 
Manuel or whatever. But sometimes you will, you will see the word cerveceria. So cerveza, beer, beer shop, cerveceria. And this kind of format follows through for many, many, many products. Churros. Churros and chocolate, the delicious uh, winter snack of hot chocolate and fried sticks of donut churros a place that sells churros would be called a churreria uh, a greengrocer's fruit in spanish fruta fruta la fruta and a greengrocer's is una fruteria so you can see uh, the pattern emerging i mean some of these are very obvious but i'll continue through the list ice cream helado Un helado is an ice cream. An ice cream parlor is una heladeria. A bakery, which there are tons and tons and tons of. Bread is a really big deal in Spain. You'll always get bread accompanying uh, a meal, whether you go to a Spanish family's house or whether you go and eat out in a restaurant. The uh, basket of bread will always be one of the first things to arrive at the table. Uh, So el pan is bread and a bakery is... Panaderia. Panaderia is your bakery. Uh, Fishmongers. Pescado is fish. So fishmongers, yeah, you've guessed it, is a pescaderia. Pescaderia for all of your fish. Sometimes, and they're not as common, uh, talking of meat, many carnicerias or butchers won't necessarily stock poultry, so chicken, turkey, that kind of thing. And you will need to find a poigeria. Poigeria, pollo is chicken. A poigeria is a chicken shop. These are less common, to be honest. Reposteria. Reposteria is a pastry shop or a patisserie. Often uh, you'll see the windows full of uh, sweet pastries, cakes, that kind of thing. You'll often find around Christmas time huge lines of, of people outside uh, reposterias queuing up to buy their polvorones, which are little uh, small crumbly cookies, which are very popular at Christmas, and also a thing which is called a roscon de Navidad. Uh, roscon is like a circular, a large circular ring donut, sometimes filled with cream, sometimes not, with kind of cherries and bits of fruit inside as well this is like the kind of spanish equivalent of a christmas cake a a roscon de navidad well we're still several months away from christmas yet so let's not think about christmas but to buy all of your sweet pastries what we might say sometimes in the uk a patisserie stealing the french word um, is called a reposteria reposteria if you need to buy stationery, pens, papers, that kind of thing, you'll need to go to a papeleria. Papel being paper. Papeleria is a stationer's or a stationery shop. One of my absolute favourite kinds of shops uh, that you still find commonly across Spain is a ferreteria. Ferreteria. A hardware store or an ironmonger's. I mean, these have basically completely disappeared in the UK. You very, very rarely see these anymore, sadly. Um, But they're incredibly useful and and still quite common in Spain. So if you need to buy one nail or one screw or one light bulb, or they also sell uh, homewares like cups and glasses and things like that. These are a really useful stop. A ferreteria, which comes from the Spanish for iron. Florists, flowers, of course. 
uh, you will find uh, more commonly rather than a shop you will find stands which is normally set out in uh, squares around the cities a very similar name to the English word florist you will look for a floristeria floristeria if you want to buy your loved one a bunch of roses the next one is a bit of a false friend bookshop is called a libreria a libreria which sounds a bit more like the english for library uh no absolutely not a libreria is where you go to buy uh, your books it's a bookstore a library where you borrow books from is a biblioteca a biblioteca is your library something that is not too commonly found uh, in my experience in the uk not that i have a lot of experience of buying this product uh, lingerie a lingerie shop is uh, uh, called uh, Lenferia. As I'm sure many of you will already know, seafood is a very big deal in Spain. It's probably one of the most commonly eaten uh, types of food, seafood, in all of its uh, shapes and forms. Seafood in Spanish is uh, mariscos, mariscos. And so the seafood shop would be called a marisqueria. Now, this may also sell seafood to take away, but a marisqueria might also be a kind of half bar, half restaurant place where you can actually order seafood uh, to eat in with a glass of wine uh, or a beer. Uh, if you need to get your hair cut, something that isn't an issue for me, sadly, anymore, um, you will need to go to a peluqueria. A peluqueria is a hairdresser's or a salon or a barber's. And it's quite curious because pelo is hair in Spanish. And the place where you go to get your hair cut or styled or dyed or whatever is called a peluqueria. But uh, it comes from the word peluca, which curiously means wig. I'm not quite sure why... <laughs> um, They've taken the, the word wig and uh, used it to mean a hairdresser's. But yeah, una peluca is a wig, but the place to get your hair cut is a peluqueria. If you need to buy cosmetics, also sometimes like household cleaning products, products for personal hygiene, deodorants, or indeed perfumes and aftershaves, you will go to a perfumeria. Perfumeria, uh, they're very common in Spain. You won't be able to buy anything, any kind of drugs there. So, you know, if you've got a headache or a bad stomach, they're not going to sell uh, pills or tablets, things like that. You will need to go to a farmacia for that, a farmacia, a pharmacy. Uh, dry cleaners. Well, I don't know. I don't know many people who get their, their clothes dry cleaned these days, but uh, dry cleaners is called a tintoria. Tintoria. And if you are... Unlucky enough to not have your own washing machine at home, uh, you'll need to take your laundry to a lavanderia, a lavanderia, a laundrette, uh, which again is something in the UK is they've pretty much disappeared in the last thirty or forty years, but here in Spain they're still fairly common. You will still probably find at least one or two lavanderias or laundries or laundrettes in most neighbourhoods need to get yourself a new pair of shoes well shoes in spanish as you may know is uh, are called zapatos zapatos so you need to go to a zapateria zapateria is your shoe shop now i just mentioned uh farmacia 
that doesn't follow the rule. A uh, pharmacy is a farmacia, and a pharmacy is a place where you will go and collect uh, prescription drugs, uh, where you will buy everyday drugs, um, painkillers, cold and flu remedies, that kind of thing. Basically, your normal uh, drugstore or pharmacy uh, is a uh, farmacia. And you will find these absolutely everywhere. Every neighbourhood seems to have at least a few dozen uh, scattered around. Always obvious by the uh, bright green neon flashing cross uh, above the store. And um, how it works is that you will find that most neighbourhood pharmacies work on some kind of rotor basis so that there is at least one uh, always open. Um, Not all of them are open 24 hours. In the bigger cities, uh, there are usually some that are open 24 hours. But uh, the pharmacies um, in most neighbourhoods tend to have some kind of pact or agreement where they will agree certain days off. So one will close and the other one will open, etc., etc. So any kind of prescription or non-prescription drugs, uh, you will need to go to a pharmacia. If you're a smoker, or even if you're not, these uh, stores are very useful. Um, They are called uh, tabacos and also very commonly referred to as estancos, estancos. Uh, these are little, very, very small usually, uh, tobacco shops selling cigarettes, pipes, tobacco, uh, that kind of thing. But they are also useful because they sell, sometimes they sell stationery, postcards, stamps if you need to send uh, any mail, and they will also usually have available Um, any kind of official state forms Uh, if you need to, I don't know, get a driving license or things like that they usually carry official state forms which means you don't necessarily have to go to a post office and sometimes they will carry a selection of newspapers and magazines but not always the tabacos or estancos Uh, always have a kind of burgundy sign with a a letter T and then in yellow writing the word uh, tabacos or occasionally estanco. Um, I mentioned post office. I'm sure at some point if you're living in Spain you will need to use post office to send or collect parcels or mail or to uh, pay a fine or a bill. If you order stuff from Amazon and you missed the delivery, as which has happened to me many, many times, you usually have to go to your local post office to collect the item. And uh, each address is assigned to a specific post office. So if you do have to collect something, if you miss a delivery, the post office will put a little card for your door, as I'm sure it does work the same in most countries and you'll be told to go to a specific post office to uh, collect your item. Uh, These are called Correos, and the sign is a yellow and blue one, a yellow sign with blue writing uh, saying Correos, which means mail or post, and it has a little trumpet logo. I was talking about newspapers, magazines. In Spanish, it's referred to as La Prensa. La Prensa means uh, the press. Occasionally you can pick up newspapers and magazines in, uh, the tobacco sh- in the tobacco shops, but usually you will find newspapers and magazines in what's called a kiosco. A kiosco, I think it's the, one of the only words in Spanish which begins with the letter K, 
But I love these places. These little kioscos are little stands on the street, which are there permanently. They have all of their newspapers and magazines uh, neatly arranged, hanging from the kiosk or arranged on uh, little tables outside. And uh, that's where you will normally go to buy your newspaper and magazine. You can also sometimes buy drinks and confectionery, chocolate, candy, uh, that kind of thing there as well. But I really love these. These kind of, for me, hark back to, a, to an older time. Um, these used to exist in the UK a long, long time ago, but they, they have long since disappeared. Um, you, I think there are a couple in London. In the bigger cities and in the bigger cities in the centres, the kioscos will usually carry a selection of international newspapers and magazines, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't rely on this. Uh, usually just the national press and the national uh, magazines. Uh, one interesting kind of shop that you will find everywhere in Spain is what the Spanish people refer to, I don't know if it's particularly politically correct or not, but they refer to as El Chino. Now, El Chino means the Chinese person, the China shop. You will find them everywhere, and they are little grocery stores which sell pretty much everything you'll need, you know, from bread, milk, canned produce, cheese, chocolates, sweets, phone cards. Occasionally they will sell tobacco uh, sort of secretly under the table, even though they're not allowed to. They will sell wine, beer. Quite often they'll have a small fruit and vegetable section. And um, the good thing about these places is that they're on every other street corner practically. And uh, they're open really, really late. I'll come on to opening hours in a minute, but uh, these are really useful. If you've missed the everyday shops, which have already closed, your local china, um, which are always seem to be run by Chinese families, hence the name, are usually open until at least midnight. Um, my local uh, one is open until 1 or 2 a.m. usually. Uh, especially on the weekends. They're really useful if you run out of something. So you've got El Chino. Uh, it's very common you hear a Spanish person saying, uh, Voy al Chino. I'm going to the Chinese shop. Do you need anything? They tend to be uh, a, f- a fair bit more expensive. Obviously, you're paying for the convenience. You will also find these shops called um, bazaars. Bazaar. Bazaar, basically. A bazaar. Um, again, these are everywhere. And they sell absolutely everything and anything. Um, not really, not not talking about food, but I'm talking about household products, uh, electrical items, batteries, cleaning products, uh, cosmetics, anything you can think of. I mean, there are, they, they are absolutely packed to the rafters with every kind of household or personal product imaginable. They very rarely sell food or drink. Incredibly useful, and they usually quite uh, cheap. There's a classic sound you hear all the time is one of the shutters being pulled down on the shops. Another curiosity for me in Spain is, it's not really a shop, but it's a little place called a locutorio. A locutorio, which I mentioned in my Finding Somewhere to Live episode, uh, Somewhere to Rent, Finding Somewhere to Rent episode in Spain. A locutorio was a place originally where you would go to make international phone calls. And I think they, they hark back to the days when people didn't have their own personal telephone in their, in their home. So people would use them to go and make uh, a phone call or certainly to make international phone calls. 
a small little hole in the wall. You go in the door and there are usually about five or six little wooden booths with a, with a, a phone in. And you go and make your international phone call and you pay for your call at the counter afterwards. Now these have really more become uh, internet cafes. And even internet cafes now, you know, in 2018, um, you know, when was the last time you went to an internet cafe? These are, certainly in the UK, were really, really popular at one point and have almost completely disappeared now with the advent of smartphones and people having internet on their person all the time. Um, But you will still find them in Madrid in the bigger cities i'm not so sure about the smaller towns and villages but certainly in in spain's bigger cities you will still find and they're usually confined to the local everyday neighborhoods You're not going to find them really in the center of cities but yeah a locutorio is a place where you can use the internet uh, make phone calls and they seem to have uh, diversified into selling mobile phones making mobile phone repairs if you need any kind of mobile phone or electrical uh, device or accessory, uh, a locutorio is usually a good bet. Uh, The other thing you'll find in locutorios is they have like a sort of neighbourhood notice board with people advertising services, uh, rooms to rent, flats to rent, anything like that, any kinds of goods and services for sale in the local neighbourhood. So uh, quite an exhaustive list. Um, I'm sure I've missed a few others out. Um, As I've been talking, uh, walking around uh, Las Letras neighbourhood, I did see another um, area. I saw a coctelleria. Coctelleria? Well, cocktail is cocktail, so a cocktail shop, so basically a cocktail bar. So you will, you will see these words. I don't know how kind of correct they are in Spanish. Uh, you will see shops and bars and places. They will just use a Spanish word and put area on the end of it to mean this product is sold here. So a cocktail area is a cocktail shop. Supermarkets. I mentioned earlier in the episode uh, that, of course, like anywhere else in the world, supermarkets are gradually dominating more and more the retail space in Spain. There are several big names. You have Mercadona, which is probably one of the biggest uh, origins from in Valencia, but probably one of the most commonly found supermarket uh, chains across Spain, Mercadona. Pretty good, good, good kind of value, good quality. They do home deliveries. Uh, you can order online and have uh, your weekly or monthly shop delivered to your house but a mercadona is very common you will see uh, the french supermarket chain carrefour very common slightly more expensive than mercadona you have al campo Uh, these usually tend to be the larger out of town hypermarkets rather than in city centers you also have another very common supermarket chain called dia which means day not really as good a quality produce in my opinion Uh, they tend to be the smaller neighborhood supermarkets Uh, they can quite often be absolutely tiny just two or three aisles of produce absolutely crammed in usually only one person on the checkout huge queues Uh, it can be a bit of a nightmare at the higher end of the supermarkets you have uh, what's called Ipecor or Supercor, which is part of the El Corte Inglés group. El Corte Inglés is a big department store chain, which you will find all over Spain. I'll talk a bit about El Corte Inglés in a second. So yeah, you've got Supercor and Ipecor, which tend to carry uh, a bigger range of international products, 
The quality is generally very good, but it's uh, probably the most expensive supermarket chain in Spain. Um, there are a few other supermarket chains, but these tend to be a bit more regional. Uh, in Madrid, you have a chain called Auramas, which means save more. Um, these tend to be smaller, again, neighborhood supermarkets uh, with varying quality, nothing special. And then you have another independently run supermarket called Consum. And Consum, again, fairly expensive and not particularly great quality. So that's a little rundown of the supermarkets that you're going to find across Spain. In terms of the produce they carry, like any other international supermarket you're going to find around the world, frozen produce, fruit and veg, tinned produce, bread, they'll have a bakery section. Uh, the bigger ones will have usually a fresh fish counter and a fresh uh, meat counter as well. Price-wise, yeah, supermarkets do tend to be pretty good value, um, but that is not to say that your local independent shops uh, will be more expensive, not, not necessarily, especially when it comes to uh, fruit and veg and meat and fish. You can quite often find better quality produce at prices which are basically the same or if not slightly cheaper than the supermarket. Uh, one thing I haven't mentioned, which is really important in Spain, um, I have touched on them in previous episodes are your local indoor uh, markets and outdoor markets as well but um, most neighborhoods in any town and city in Spain will have a permanent indoor market where you'll have a selection of uh, different stalls selling fresh produce right across the board uh, you'll find that this is where a lot of locals go to do their their shopping especially the older generation again uh, usually better better quality produce, immaculately laid out stalls. They take incredible pride in in how they display their food in the in the fresh produce stalls in Spain. And it's usually a really enjoyable experience once you go if you know if you have a bit of Spanish and you can go and do your kind of weekly shop or your regular shop in a in a in a local indoor market, you'll get to know the market stall owners. They will recommend you bits and pieces. They will even give you recipe ideas. They will tell you about the provenance of the produce, where it's come from. Um, and, it's, and it's a really enjoyable way to do your shop, um, you know, having a, having a friendly chat with uh, the storeholders as you go. Uh, certainly more enjoyable than uh, trying to push a trolley around a packed supermarket and then queuing up for ages at the, uh, at the checkout in one of the big supermarket chains. In Spain, as in any uh, European country, you're going to find the big international chains. But the big Spanish names, which you may be familiar with, uh, in terms of clothes, you have uh, Zara, Zara, the owner of Zara, I forget his name, I think he's the richest man in Spain, hails from the northwest of Spain, A Coruña, I think it is. But Zara, I think, is Spain's biggest export now, or certainly biggest uh, international brand, which I think I read the other day, there are now 4,000 Zara clothes stores around the world now. It's incredibly popular in Spain. There are a number of big Spanish uh, clothing brands, uh, which you'll find in you'll you'll realise that you will find you will find in every town and city in Spain. 
But of course, you're going to find in the bigger cities international brands as well. Uh, in terms of department stores, there is only one department store chain in Spain. It's called El Corte Inglés. El Corte Inglés. These ginormous six, seven, eight story department stores which carry practically every product under the sun tend to be quite expensive but if you've been looking for a particular thing everywhere and you haven't been able to find it odds are that you'll probably be able to find it in uh, a corte inglés there's one in ev in the center of every town and city in spain and el corte inglés it means the english cut strangely why is it called the english cut well It started out life as a gentleman's tailor's making suits. And at the time when the store was founded, originally as a, as a tailor's and a gentleman's outfitter's, um, it was a particular style of suit which came from England, the English cut. They were talking about the cut of the suit and uh, the name stuck and the store became known as El Corte Inglés and then of course over the decades and decades it diversified to sell basically everything so uh, El Corte Inglés very very big and popular department store they do have really good sales on uh, a few times a year which they advertise heavily it's sort of quite famous in Spain the uh, El Corte Inglés rebajas sales um, people tend to, to flock to to get a good bargain. So that's a roundup of your retail options in Spain. Let's look at opening hours. When I first moved here, this was something that really <laughs> perplexed me and I found quite, uh, well, quite frustrating and a bit annoying sometimes. The typical Spanish opening hours for your medium-sized and smaller stores are going to be from about 8.30, 9 a.m. in the morning until about 2 p.m. in the afternoon when you'll find that many, many, many Uh, smaller and medium-sized stores and I'm not just talking about independent family-run businesses I'm talking about some of the bigger name brands as well uh, you'll find that they were closed for lunch at two o'clock and they will not reopen again until four or five p.m. Uh, in the afternoon um, once they've reopened at four or five p.m. they will stay open usually until usually till quite late eight or nine p.m. sometimes 10 p.m. in the bigger cities so it depends sometimes that can be a good thing um, it's quite nice to have lots of shops open late so you finish work and the weather is cooler and i think this is the thinking behind it and this kind of of course ties into the whole spanish siesta that traditionally businesses closed for their siesta in the afternoon for three or four hours and then reopened again when the weather had cooled down so it's nice you can walk around the streets of any town or city in spain and do your shopping until until pretty late until probably 9 30 10 p.m however if you're needing to zip out of your office or your work in the middle of the afternoon on your lunch break because of course all of these shops are shut but not all of them not all of them are shut in madrid for example and certainly in barcelona valencia and spain's bigger cities in the downtown areas you will find that the main uh, big stores big shops big certainly the big chains will stay open throughout the day so this idea of every everything shutting down in the middle of the afternoon well yeah it can still hold true depending on where you are but it is changing now the whole idea of the spanish siesta and everything stopping um It, it does still happen. It, I will stay. I, I would stay. I would say it's still common, 
but um, it's it's it, Spain is moving with the times slowly but surely, and you will find uh, most a lot of things open in the bigger cities uh, throughout the day. Uh, one thing that is interesting, though, um, uh, in terms of eating out in restaurants. Uh, if you're like me, um, I'm used to, as I'm you know, from the UK, I'm used to eating my meals uh, much earlier than the Spanish timetable. I know we'll dedicate an episode to this uh, in the future. But, um, you know, if you like to have your lunch at one, one o'clock in the afternoon, half past one, maybe two, uh, and if you like to have your evening meal at maybe, I don't know, 6.30, 7pm, maybe 7.30, and you go to a restaurant, you might find that they will say, sorry, the kitchen is closed, or the, retro- or the restaurant itself might be closed. So you can go in for a drink, but if you want to order a meal, um, you know, before 2 p.m., they will say, no, sorry, the kitchen isn't open yet. And if you want to order a meal at 7.30, 6 p.m., 6.30, they will probably say, sorry, the kitchen isn't open yet. The kitchen will open at 9 or 8.30. But to come to your rescue, of course, you have the other everyday bars which will serve you a tapas to tide you over. So the smaller businesses, the little independent shops, the neighbourhood supermarkets the neighbourhood stores you'll find yet will probably close for a few hours in the afternoon usually between 2 and 5pm but you'll also find you know well-known chains closing as well I remember uh, I think a couple of years ago I went to go to a Vodafone uh, mobile store to get a new sim card and I was on my lunch break from work and I went and it was I don't know 2.30 maybe 3pm and it was closed and not opening again until five o'clock. So, you know, sometimes it can be inconvenient. Bars are usually open. The everyday bars, which I refer to as Tascas, are usually open from very early in the morning, usually sort of 7.38 a.m., right through till midnight, possibly later. So if you want to get a coffee, uh, a snack, a sandwich, a beer, um, anything like that, you've always got the neighbourhood Tascas to rely on. Uh, to tide you over. Uh, Post offices and pharmacies and banks. Uh, Now, banks, I did dedicate an episode to to this, which I've already mentioned, but I'll just touch on it again. Annoyingly, banks uh, close usually at 2pm in the afternoon and they are very rarely open on a Saturday. Sometimes they're open on a Saturday morning until midday. Um, but if you want to do any banking after 2pm, Monday to Friday, uh, good luck with that. It's not going to be possible. Although, you know, most people, I guess, now can do your, you can do your banking online. And that's certainly the case in Spain. Online banking has become, you know, the norm in Spain, I would say. Pharmacies are usually open from about 10am in the morning. They will usually close uh, for lunch at about 2 p.m. and then they will uh, reopen at about 4 or 5 p.m. and stay open usually quite late, usually till about 10 p.m. you'll be able to uh, find a pharmacy. They do have this uh, rotor basis where you will find that some pharmacies will close on a certain day and will refer you to another local pharmacy. So they, time, they, they tend to share their opening hours between a group of local uh, pharmacies in the neighbourhoods.
The post office is open from usually 9am, sometimes a bit earlier. I think my local post office is open at 8.30, but usually 8.30, 9am. And uh, the larger post offices tend to stay open right throughout the day and close at 6pm. Uh, some of the larger branches are open on Saturday mornings until midday. Uh, they're nearly always, well, they're, they're always closed on Sundays. But again, it depends on where you are, depends on your neighbourhood, and it certainly depends on uh, which city you're in. Like I said, the bigger cities now um, have moved with the times and you'll find they will have much more accommodating open, opening hours. In smaller towns, you may find that post offices will close in the afternoon or you may find that they will certainly close for lunch for several hours and only be open in the afternoon for a couple of hours. All of these places display their opening hours, usually fairly prominently. So it's a good idea to make a note uh, of the of those opening hours and one thing I've also found as well now if you, you I'm sure you guys if you're listening to this podcast are uh, fairly tech savvy enough to know that you can go on any Google Maps and you can click on any uh, business or shop or restaurant or bar and it will usually give you a uh, give you a reliable indication of the opening hours um, which is something I found myself doing uh, quite a lot. So save yourself a wasted trip. There you have it. Shops and opening hours and a little uh, bit of information on the uh, retail situation in Spain. So I hope it's been useful for you. Um, I hope it hasn't been too repetitive. I'm still feeling a bit groggy. So uh, well done for staying with me through this episode. Hopefully for next week I will be recovered. Coming up in the next few weeks, as I mentioned previously, an episode with Ben Curtis and hopefully his wife, uh, Marina, of the Notes in Spanish podcast series and the Notes in Spain podcast series. I'm really looking forward to talking to Ben and Marina. And uh, also, just confirmed, I'm going to be looking at literature, Spanish literature, and I have enlisted the help of a um, bookshop owner from Desperate Literature, an independent and international bookshop right in the centre of Madrid, a beautiful little bookshop who run numerous events, a literary uh, prize. And we're going to see if we can describe Spain in five books. So we're going to try and look at five pieces of Spanish fiction. They may be uh, modern or they may be a classic to see if we can get under the skin of Spain, Spanish society, the Spanish character through five books. Uh, as always, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for continuing to subscribe and listen to the podcast. I have set up a Facebook group which is uh, becoming more and more active. So head over to the When in Spain Facebook page and then through the page you will find a link to the When in Spain Facebook group. If you want to chat, ask any questions with fellow When in Spain listeners, you can do that there. Share any thoughts and ideas or suggestions for future episodes of When in Spain. That is the place to head to. As always, you can contact me via email directly. The new address is wheninspain1 at outlook.com. Wheninspain1 at outlook.com. 
uh, with any any questions you have at all, any advice, any suggestions, anything at all, get in touch with me there and I will promise to respond to you. I am planning in the not so distant future to start producing a When in Spain video channel on YouTube. You can expect the similar kind of thing, but in the video format. And I hope to start producing a few videos within the next few months. So that's episode 14 of When in Spain. From a very muggy Madrid evening and a slightly groggy Paul, I will leave it there and wish you a fantastic week. And until next Wednesday, adios.